morning, beloveds. And um, last week when I was sitting in the back, I decided to sit in the back and just observe the, the service. And as I was looking, I just saw how much the Lord loves you. The Lord just said, look at these people. I love each one of them. And I do not want one of them to, to perish. Each one of you, God cares about you. I think even the hair on your head. <laughs> Those that have hair. <laughs> Hello. Yes. This morning, we're having a little introduction, an act, with um, Gabriel. Thank you, Gabriel, for willing to, to do for us a role. And Roy stood in as another character, as Eli. And Gabriel will uh, act the, the role as Samuel. So let's just see what had happened here, and, um, and then I will carry on from there. All right. So the first part, we read about this in 1 Samuel, for those of you who want to look up, 1 Samuel chapter 3, the first part, with what is going to happen, but rather maybe watch the play and then you can read later what had happened. And the Bible says in those days, the visions were very rare, and the voice of God wasn't that often heard, maybe like today. And remember, Samuel was the child that Hannah was praying for. Hannah asked for a child. And then when she received a son, she gave him back to the Lord and said, come and work in the temple. And Samuel was working with Eli, serving, put the candlelights on, make the, the, the place looking nice. And he slept at a very special place in front of the Ark of the Covenant. Very interesting, he slept in front of the Ark, the presence of the Lord. And Eli slept where he usually slept. And um, Eli was a priest, and little Samuel was raising up to be a priest. But see what had happened. All right, so we'll start with that. Okay. <clears throat> Samuel, Samuel. Samuel, I didn't call you. Go back to your bed. Samuel, Samuel. Did you call me? Here am I. Did you call me? No, Samuel, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. Go and lie down. Samuel? Samuel! Did you call me? No, I didn't call you. Go back and go to sleep. No, Roy, this is no way you must tell him. Not yet, okay. <laughs> Samuel! Samuel! Go to him. Samuel? If he calls again, tell him to speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. That's what he said. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Okay? Give him the mic. Give him the mic. Say, so here am I. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Okay, here's the microphone. Okay. Now lay down. Samuel! Samuel! 
Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Thank you. That's good. Okay. Thank you very much. There are many things in the world that distract us. And many people think, oh, well, we've got a brain. We don't need to hear God speaking. We make our own plans. eh? Some people think like that. But God speaks to us. He spoke right through the ages and through the years. He spoke to people. We know he spoke to Adam and Eve. He spoke to Abram. But he also spoke to Abram as a friend. He said, shall I reveal to Abram what my plan is, what I'm going to do with Sodom and Gomorrah? And, and Abram reasoned with him, Lord, can't you just spare if there's 40 people, then 30 people, 10, you know, got, went down to 10 people. So he reasoned actually with God. He was a friend of God. And then we know that he spoke to um, Joseph. How did he speak to Joseph? One of the children, do you perhaps really know, youth there at the back? You could, this actually all age service. We were going to include the youth here. And I'm going to ask questions, and if they have the questions right, they can get something. <laughs> so Joseph, he spoke to Joseph through dreams. And the wonderful thing is that God can even reveal to you what he's going to do in the future. Isn't that amazing? Through the dream he told him, his brothers is going to really give him a hard time, but eventually they will bow before him. And then we know that God spoke again and again to people like Samuel, he spoke to um, um, Ezekiel in the visions and all these things. And in the New Testament, we know that Lord spoke to Joseph, the father of Jesus. And through an angel spoke to Joseph. And God spoke to um, Philip through the Holy Spirit in the inner voice. The Holy Spirit speaks to us in the inner voice. And um, so many people will think, oh, but it's difficult how, how does God speak to me? I normally was raised like you. God speaks through the preacher, or maybe through the television story, or through the radio then, the radio. But I never knew that God wants to speak to you personally. You know, we're the only faith that God can speak to us personally. And he wants to. He wants a relationship with you. We are not a religion. You agree with that? Yeah. We're not a religion. There's religions like Buddhism, um, Islam, uh, what, Muhammad, people worship Muhammad, what is that? And um, all those isms. But they have just a lot of rules. Follow the rule and then you're okay. So long you pay them, they're fine. And do this or wear a certain outfit, then you're part of that religion. But our Christianity is there's freedom, we can dress the way we want to, if you want. Um, you can spend time with God anytime in the shower, on the road. When you're driving, you can pray to the Lord. You can lay in your bed and sing a psalm. You can have a relationship with God anytime. And we come to church so to be encouraged, to hear a word, and to build one another up. And then we go out and share Jesus with other people, and so on. So, one day, I was um, like to go for my walks, and uh, like early morning or afternoon, and as I went for a walk, 
I saw a big tree that was hit by, struck by lightning. And the tree was really looking terrible. And I said to myself, I said, speak to myself, I said, oh no, look at this tree. And then I talked to God. I said, Lord, look at this tree. This tree struck. And as I walked and I heard, yes, that's what's going to happen to one of the leaders. And I thought, what? No, no, I heard wrongly. Walk on. I didn't want to hear things like that. The next day I went for another trip. Then I saw a tree cut down. Beautiful tree was chopped down, lying on the floor there. And I said, oh no, because I love trees. I said, look at this tree. Lord, now I'm speaking to God. I said, look at this. Who've done this? And God says, Elizabeth, one of your leaders is also going to go. Just like that. I said, oh, God, who is that? And I went to my room. I was disturbed. And then the Holy Spirit revealed to me that our leader from our church, he was a top leader, the senior leader of 24 other elders, he's going to die suddenly with a heart attack. But he was only 57 years old. He's looking fit and healthy. He's on the peak of his ministry. And um, I said, no, 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 this is a bit not. It's a difficult one to believe. And then I heard the Lord say, now you go Tuesday morning and tell the elders, because they meet on 9 o'clock in the morning, all elders, they're all paid elders sitting there. No woman is allowed to go in there. It's only a men's meeting. And, and the Lord said, I want you to go and tell them that, did you know that your father is going home soon? You must get your house in order, the house, the, the church. And I said, oops. I'm not sure I want to go because this will take a lot of guts. In the first place, they don't allow women there. And they don't, I don't feel, you know, they're going to listen to me anyway. Why would I do that? And this may be like how little Samuel might have felt. Samuel might have felt he had a very important word to go and say to Eli. He didn't really want it to, but then Eli said to him, tell me everything you said, what God told you, I want to hear it. But I was chickening out, and I confess that. I was afraid to go in front of all these people to tell. And then I went, I said, well, I'll go to my husband and tell him this. I asked him to come with me. And then I told Roy, and I got permission to share this testimony. Roy said, what? No, no, I think you heard wrongly. And he was speaking out of the human perspective. This man is healthy, you can't go and tell such a thing. But in my heart, I knew that was God. So I disobeyed. So what happened then is that exactly 10 days later, they had time to sort out. My word was to tell them who must preach next, who must be the leader, who must do that, remember your son, and so and so. Now you ask me, why would God tell you, Elizabeth, to go and tell this leader? Why would God do that? Why didn't he use another leader that's more important? I was just a housewife then. You know why? Because his wife asked me to pray for them, intercede for them. So I prayed for years already for the family, for the children. I was a friend of them. And the Lord revealed to me what's going to happen and asked me to go and share that with him. Okay, so make a long story short, I didn't go. Ten days later, he had a heart attack. He was walking down with a whole a big nation, showed lots of people, and he just dropped dead. And that caused a whole chaos in the church because they didn't know who must take the lead. 
And that church is 6,000 people. Now you can imagine, we already know how big it is to organize this church. But imagine 6,000 people, 24 other leaders, lots of things. He's on television, he's on the radio, and suddenly he's gone. So what am I saying? You see, obedience, hearing from God, God shares sometimes a prophetic word ahead of time to prevent chaos, to prevent a problem. That is the, the, the gift of prophetic ministry. The reason for prophetic ministry, and I'm saying that because God could be calling people here into that calling. I'm speaking because the Lord said, tell my people they must hear my voice. Because my voice will direct, my voice will protect, my voice will comfort people, love them. The voice of God brings healing. The word of God. So it's important that we hear what God says. And um, so now I was thinking, we are going to read scripture just now. I have some lovely scriptures that we're going to hear. And yeah, so there is a prophetic calling and there, there's a prophecy that we should happen in the church. And the prophetic calling is the one who will help with direction, that will warn a church ahead of time what happened. And the prophetic gifts help the church to stay under the authority of God. They always bring people under the authority of God and help people to stay focused and to bring Jesus in the center. And to, as I say, they also warn when there's something wrong. Then they go to the leader of that church and say privately, they think this. They are the prayer warriors, they pray. So that's why you need the prophetic skill today. And then, of course, you need the pastors, you need the teachers, you need all those gifts to function in a church. And that's part of my calling, is to encourage those gifts to come forward, to come forward, that the church can grow up to the maturity of Jesus Christ. Now, remember Matthew 16 Matthew 14, verse 16. Remember when Jesus asked the disciples, he asked. He asked his disciples, they walked with Jesus for quite a while. And Jesus asked the disciples, who does the people say I am? What do they say? They said, oh, you could be John the Baptist that came back, or maybe Elijah. Take note what they say. John the Baptist, why? Jesus must have been like John the Baptist. They think you Elijah that came back. Elijah was a very fiery man. Jesus probably was like that. That's why they thought he was that. And then Jesus asked, Who do you say I am? I want to ask the youth there, Louis and all the people there, because I'm including the youth today. I'm not going to let you go. What would you say? Tristan, all the people, all of us. Who is Jesus to you? If you can turn to your friend, if you want to, you don't have to do it. But if I'm asking you, who is Jesus to you? What would you say? What would you answer to other people? Is he, you know in your head, he's the son of God? Is he perhaps your friend? Is he your savior? Is he your lover? Is he your best friend? Who is Jesus to you? But then I also want to turn it around and say, 
What is Jesus calling you? By what name is Jesus calling you? I want to put it that way around. Remember, he said to, he answered then, he said, he says to Simon Peter, Simon Peter, and Simon Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Can you say that today? You are the Christ. Suddenly, 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 Peter's eyes open up and it's like a light bulb go on and say, oops, he is the Christ that Isaiah was prophesying, that King David wrote about. This is the man. We walked with him for a year and a half, almost two years now, and I saw the miracles, and this is truly, you are the Christ. And now I was just wondering, what would people say to you? Who are you, if God asks you? By what name is God calling you? What I'm saying is, God called Simon then Peter. On this rock, I will build my church, and hell will not prevail against it. Isn't that wonderful? And Peter's laid the foundation of the first church. Remember? But the day of Pentecost, uh, Peter was preaching. They were waiting on the Lord, and that's when the church was birthed, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon the people, and Peter was then the first leader. That's what Jesus meant. On this I built my church, the rock, Peter, the rock, will be the foundation with the Holy Spirit upon him. All right. Now I want to just ask, um, do we have a microphone there for Liz? Would you please just go to Malcolm? And Malcolm will just read for us there out of 1, one um, Corinthians chapter 14 from verse 1 to 4. He will just read for us a few verses. Uh, this is on page 1154, if you want to follow it. Gifts of prophecy and tongues. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. Thank you, Malcolm. So, Paul says that when you come in the church, when you want to bring a word of prophecy, it is to encourage for the strengthening of the body. It's words of encouragement, come on, we can do it. Exhortation, come on, don't slack your feet, don't get tired, let's go forward. Exhortation is a stronger encouragement. It's very positive. Come, let's, we can do it. Let's go forward. And then comfort. When people are feeling discouraged, a word of comfort. So that's the prophecy that God wants in the church. So if you have a word and you feel the Spirit of the Lord is upon you and your heart beat like this, or you feel, I think I've got something from the Lord, just check it out. Will it build the church? Will it comfort them? Will it ex- exhort them? But if, if you feel the Lord call you perhaps and you see things that's not right, don't keep quiet, pray about it first and then come to the wardens and say, this is bothering me a little bit, can we do something about it? You must talk, don't keep quiet. If there's something you see is not right, pray about it first and then come and share it with the leadership. They will have the wisdom how to handle it. All right. So what my point is, my first point then is that Jesus was very much a prophet. We all agree with that? 
He's the son of God, but he was very much prophetic. So God wants a church to be also prophetic. That means hearing, obeying, and go forward. Hearing, obeying, and speak out. We are prophetic ministry to proclaim, to preach, to praise, to prophesy. And that is the reason number one. Point number two. We are also called to be a priest with Tristan. You have for me the number 214 on the screen, hey? If you can get it up there, this, the second. That's right. Thank you. Jesus, remember Jesus is our high priest. We have a priestly duty. We all do our duties here. But our first duty is to pray for one another. And then our other duty is that we're supposed to teach one another as well. That's another one. But look what, what Peter wrote there. But you are a chosen people. You are chosen. So that's what you are. You're not just sinners. You are chosen by the Lord. You are a royal priesthood. You are royalty. You're a holy nation. God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And we, today we're having our first light that we're going to let, isn't it? Uh, yeah, today it's our first. So we are called to, to praise. But can you see we are a royal priesthood, a kingly priesthood. And then the second verse, Ephesians says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. In mind, uh, with this in mind, be alert always, keep on praying for always for one another, for all the people, all for, for God's people, the Lord's people. So what we will do today is that um, I hope you all have written down, um, if you didn't do it, please write your names down, and then someone will stand you in the front, Val will stand you with beautiful bowl, with your names is in there, you're so special for the Lord, that when you're coming up to take communion, you can draw by faith, you draw a name, and that name is your name, you not tell the person, I've got your name, I'm going to pray for you, till Christmas time. And we will be praying for all of one another. Blessed are those who come today. You will be prayed for until Christmas time. And you know, prayer makes a big difference. We know that as a church now. We know about prayer now. And that is what we will be doing. So we will be praying. And I just wonder, who of you have a tongue? Who of you do pray in tongues already? Praying in the Spirit. We just see. And that, that's good. You see, I want to encourage you. Remember when you pray in tongues, it builds yourself up. But when we come here, we need to prophesy so that we, everyone can understand what you are saying. All right, thank you, Tristan. You can put that and, and it off again. So, now the second point, we are a priesthood. So what had happened is, remember, Hannah wanted a baby. And she longed for it. And you know, when she get, God gave her, then the priest said to her, well, he first thought she was drunk. Then he said to her, okay, no, she's not drunk. She's just praying in her mouth, open up. He says, okay, you are blessed. Go back home. Now, God will grant you your request. And then she got Samuel, and she brought him back to, to the temple. And guess what? God gave her another lot of children. She was giving her first fruit, gave it to the Lord. The first fruit, her son, to serve God. Isn't that that's a big sacrifice? She was long so for that child. And I want to thank the mothers here. It was such an example for bringing their children here to the children to the house of God. Your example, and may it bear fruit. It's not for nothing. And your prayers won't, won't go unanswered. But you see, there's a prayer of agreement. Now, all right, now where was I now? So what had happened is, I had a little friend, the boy, I was giving drama classes 
in South Africa and had a little boy. Eric was his name. And he came to me. He says, ma'am, my mommy desire another little baby. But the doctor said you can't have any more kids. It's just impossible. He said, but would you pray, will you pray with me, out for my mommy to have another baby? So I said to Eric, what would you like, a boy or a girl then? He said, I really would like a brother, but mommy would prefer a little girl. So let my mommy have a girl, and then I'll have my brother later, he says. <laughs> he doesn't understand there's no impossible to have a baby. He believes just, no, we're going to have a baby. And so these people, and I just want to say to the congregation, the Lord has spoke to me, and he says out of Psalm 78, Psalm 105, the Lord spoke to me, and he said he wants me to share testimonies. So that's why I'm sharing testimonies. I just want you to know that. I'm sharing testimonies because God said, I want you to share testimonies so that people can put their trust in me, not in things of the world, but put their trust in me. That's why I'm sharing testimonies. Okay, just to let you know. So, so the parents then decided to come to me and Roy to, for prayer. And that is the part of the duty of being a priest. We're all priests. People can come to you for prayer. They asked and said, the doctor says, impossible. My whole inside is not right. The first child, Eric, was already a miracle. They cannot believe where he comes from because all the tubes is wrong. You might probably have to have three operations before. Even their blood group is wrong. I want you to know that they met when they were at school, like you, Barbie. They met at the early age of life. They were first friend, uh, friends and uh, first loves. And they were always loving one another. And then they found out their blood group doesn't work, so they can't have kids. So the first child, Eric, was a miracle. Now the doctor says, impossible, forget it, you can't have more kids. I don't know what. So they come for prayer. And guess what? While we pray, now I was wondering, said, Lord, are you going to give them more children or what now? Are we praying in vain or is it your will? And as we stood, Roy saw a vision. That's another way God speaks. And he saw a little girl run through towards us. A little three-year-old, blonde hair. And he saw it. He thought, who's this little girl? He said it was so real. He saw it. And then we knew, but God wants to give them a little girl. And then we could pray for them for a child. And they had a little girl. And then they had a little boy. And they had another little girl. <laughs> so can you see, this is our God. This is our God. What is impossible, Tina, what is impossible? possible for men God can do we all agree with that we serve the God of the impossible put your trust in the living God we serve the living God and doctors fail sometimes a lot of times they fail they sometimes under their hand people can die so we have to put our trust in the living God and where your faith is all right We're going to look then, so we are called to be a prophetic people. We are called to be a priesthood also, to pray. Jesus prayed for us. And then lastly, we are called to be kings. Now, last week there was a, a young person, yes, another person here that said, Lord, what, what is your will for us? Where do you direct us? What is our next step? What do you want us to do? Remember she said that. I heard it. I was maybe supposed to hear it. 
And the Lord has said to me a long time ago, and I just page through my diaries. I make always writing things down, what I believe God says. And the Lord says, you must teach my people what it is to be kings. They do not know that they are kings. Now, remember when Jesus came in on a donkey into Jerusalem, on a donkey as a servant, the people wave and says, Hosanna to the king of Israel. That's what it said. Hosanna to the son of David. And they also said, Hosanna to, to the king of Israel. They praised him. So Jesus is the king. Yes, he's the coming king as well. But look what the Bible says to us. Now, you can turn. Let us turn now to the book of Revelations. You have your Bibles, just to book of Revelations, chapter 5. Let's have a look at that. Revelations chapter 5. We're not going to read the whole passage. <clears throat> but just till we're going to look at verse 10. <clears throat> you have made them to be a kingdom and a priests to serve our God. And they will reign on the earth. Let's just look at it again. So the Lord was speaking first to the churches, how they must repent and so on and so on, and they must come back to the Lord. And then, then they saw heaven in chapter 4 and chapter 5. The Lord was speaking here to John, and he wrote everything down. And they praised, and they sang a song that God is worthy to open this, Jesus is worthy to open the scroll for them. And then they sang, verse 10, and you have made them, that is God's saints, see the believers, to be a kingdom and a priest to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. So when will that be? <clears throat> that show of the coming of Jesus coming back with his angels, and for the thousand years, those who have overcome will reign with Christ on the earth for a thousand years. That is referred to that. All right. But now let's go just a bit forward back to Revelations chapter 2, there the Lord is talking to the church. Now. Not one day, now. And he spoke to the, all the different churches. And he told them, do this, do that, and repent. And I just want to say, repentance is not a bad thing, guys. Many people don't like the word repentance. Am I right? I'm not such a bad person. Why should I repent? But repentance actually just means come back in line to your position that you should be under Christ. Repentance means you, you wave off a little bit too much. The sheep went a bit far. Come, come this way. Come right under Christ. Be in your position. Remember the Lord said in Ephesians chapter, what was it, 2 verse 6, he says, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Your place is not on the ground. Some people say, oh, oh, I'm just a worm for the Lord. I'm just a worm. I'm just a sinner. Not anymore. Yes, we were sinners. But if that's your attitude, you're never going to be a winner. If you have an attitude, I'm always a wormy in the ground. I'm unworthy. How are you going to reign as a royal king? You see what I'm saying? You must get your mind start realizing that I'm worthy. Jesus died on the cross for me. He paid a price for me while I was yet a sinner. But now I can become also a friend of God. I am now a co-worker with Jesus Christ. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. You see what I'm saying? You have to come up. And when you start praying, you're praying down, looking like an eagle. 
What's going on there, Lord? What do we see? What shall we pray? How do you want to reign? How do you want to bring your kingdom down to earth? What shall we do there? What shall we do that? Jesus reigned by speaking to the wind and calm the wind. Jesus reigned by speaking to the fish and said to the fish, he asked Peter, did you catch any fish? Oh Lord, we caught all night, they didn't get anything. And he said, well, Peter, just throw it on the other side. And there came the fish. That's reigning, you see. He reigned over the animals. He reigned over nature. Jesus cast out demons. He reigned over evil spirits. Can you see what I'm saying? And Jesus says, those who believe in me will do the same things. Do you believe that? Jesus Christ, the living word of God, is within you. And greater is he that's in you than those things who are in the world. You have authority. That's what I'm trying to say. Now look at, look at Revelation 2, verse 26. God spake to the church, and then he says, verse 26, To him who overcomes and does my will to the end, will, I will give authority over the nations. Look at that. To the end, but that means you must endure until your end, until your day, your breath out, until you are maybe shot or killed because you're a witness for Jesus Christ. Until your end, if you overcome strongly and say, I will not give up my faith, come what may, then God says, I will give you authority over the nations. And he will rule them with the iron scepter. And he carried on there. That dashed them to pieces. Don't worry about that pottery. That doesn't mean that you are a cruel person. It just means the things of the world, you will have authority over it. You will break the enemy like pottery. You have, you have authority. Remember when Jesus came into the, the temple and things wasn't right. I don't know if we will handle it today. If Jesus came in and said, listen, I don't like this. Out with it. Oh, don't be so harsh. Am I right? (laughs) Jesus didn't tolerate nonsense. Jesus came and said, this is my father's house, a house of prayer and worship. And he said, take out those things that they were, what wasn't right. Remember that. So Jesus was very fiery. But he was the word of God. So I'm just saying, we as a, the, 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 we as a UK people, I'm also British now, we, really, we, we tend to be very, we are gentle and I'm glad we are gentle people, praise God. Yeah. But I, I agree with people here that say sometimes we have to step up in times of authority. There's times you have to take authority for the glory of God. All right, we're almost through. Just two more scriptures. I think two more scriptures, yes. There's a scripture that came to my mind. Yes, I'm just thinking of a scripture now. Remember when Jesus was praying, John chapter 17. Remember, I've asked you to bring a notebook and pen. If you haven't been writing just down. John 17. Jesus was saying, Father, be glorified in my life. He prayed first for himself. And you can pray that prayer for yourself. Father, may you be glorified through my life. It's not a selfish prayer. It's not, it's not arrogant. Jesus said, Lord, let you be glorified through my life, the fruit and things I'm doing. That's almost like Jabez, isn't it, Margaret? 
Like Jabez says, Lord, bless me so that we can bless others, isn't it? That's a prayer of Jabez. And that's, that's what Jesus prayed. He said, glorify yourself through my life, Lord, so that I, can bear, that, that I can bring you glory in my life. And then he prayed for his disciples, and he said, Lord, I pray for them so that none of them will be perished, he said. I pray for my disciples. And then he prayed for us, for the future gener- generation. He says, and Lord, let they be one like I am one with you. I want you to hear this oneness here, this point. This is my second last point. This is an important point. For so long, the church tried to be in unity. Wearing the same clothes, having the same scriptures on Sundays, coming together, we at least sing together, that's a good thing. That brings unity. You worship does, and prayer does also unity. But the unity that Jesus was talking about, and go and look at it, John chapter 17, towards the end. He says, and God, let they be one like me and you are one with one another. That was a oneness in spirit. It's a spiritual oneness. And you get that through singing in your tongues, by singing, worshipping, focusing on Jesus, one in the spirit. You know, it's like this circle, if people stand like this and Jesus is there, and we stand like this, we cannot get unity this way because I'm so different from you. And you're so different from him. We're all so different. But in Christ, there's Jesus. When we hold on to Christ and you hold on to Christ and you, then we have Jesus. And it's almost like a wheel. You know, that inside makes the thing turn. We hold on to Jesus and Jesus is in us. You see what I mean? That's the oneness he's talking about. It's that unity in Christ. So we can get one in Christ through prayer. That's why we're going to pray. And that is why we are going to, um, when we worship together. And my last scripture verse, Revelation chapter 3. Okay. Where is my hand back? I'm going to ask the children just something quickly. I just want to get my hand back there. Thank you, Roy. If they can come, take part. Yeah, come, Olivia. Don't look so surprised. Those of you, are you ready? Are you here with me still? I want to ask a question quickly, and then you, I'm having something to hand out for you here. You're getting a surprise before we close. Thank you for being here. Praise God for our lovely children. So, I want to know... Who can answer? Are you ready to take the mic to to the kids there? Please, uh, Liz. Who will answer? No, 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 Olivia, you might know the answer. Who of you can tell me what were the three gifts the wise man brought to Jesus? What were those three gifts? Quickly, okay, let's hear that. Frankincense, myrrh, and gold. Perfect, give her a hand. There's something for her. Just keep this for her. Okay. The other question, who can answer? How many times did Jesus call Samuel? How many times? Three. Um, that's right, three, and then the fourth time he had it ready. Very good, and thank you, thank you, Gabriel, for playing for us that role. There's for you something. Will you please give that to him? There you are. Thank you so much, Gabriel. That was good answering. Now, Remember, Jesus also wants to, he talks to children as well. It's not just for adults. God speaks to little children. He spoke to my little girl when she was four years old and told her she must be baptized. She was already a child of God then. And she came to us and says, Mommy, Daddy, 
Jesus told me I must get baptized now. I said, when my child? Oh, a little bit later. I said, oh, that's good, maybe a bit later. And then she came again and said, Mommy, the time is right now. I must get baptized because there's other children that are also going to get baptized. And sure enough, there was the pastor's son that was a bit older, like Gabriel. And then there was another older man that wanted to get baptized. And they all got baptized together and so on. All right, let's just read the last scripture verse. And then before I forget, let me just hear. <clears throat> Thank you, Liz. Revelation chapter 3. Look here what is the Lord saying. Verse 19, Revelation 3 verse 19. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here am I. I stand at the door. Now Jesus is saying to us, say to the youth, he say to the adults, to all of us, he says, I'm standing at the door of your house. This is also your house, but also the house where you live. I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. Look what Jesus said. Here am I. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, look, Jesus is a gentleman. He doesn't barge in. He doesn't push. He knocks. And when you hear that knocking, you have a choice. Will you open the door of your life? Will you open the door of your house to Jesus to come and live with you in your home? I will come in and eat with him. When you open the door, I will come in and be with you. Verse 21, And to him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on the throne. Can you see that? You've got a throne. If you overcome the sin of the world that always distract you away from God, sin of, and weaknesses, if you overcome the enemy that's knocking at your door and trying to pull you away from, from God, if you overcome that, God says, I will give you a throne and you will sit where I'm sitting in heavenly places, you see, with God. You will sit on the throne just as I overcame and sat down with my Father on the throne. Do you believe that? Yes. This is the word of God. Amen. Hey. So let's just do this exercise then in closing. Remember that you are a royal priesthood, a kingly priesthood. That's your position. And your words have power. And the Bible says in Proverbs, you can speak life or you can speak death. It says in Proverbs, King Solomon wrote, Proverbs 18 verse 21, your words can bring life to people or you can speak death. So we have to be careful what we say. And Jesus said, for every word you say, you will be judged. Every careless word, chapter Matthew 12. Now, what we're going to do is, remember on a Friday night, normally in the Jewish people would, the people would lay a table, the mothers would lit the candles, and the father, the head of the home, will pray a blessing over his wife and over his children. And you know, remember Jacob prayed over his 12 sons. He prayed over them a blessing. And it came to pass. And so I would like you to just for a moment, to, you can wait a little bit if you want and just hear, Lord, whom shall I go to pray a blessing, a word of blessing over that person? This is a practical 
motivation. But I want to ask especially, um, I want to especially ask for the men, if your wives are here, for the men and women to stand up. The wives and the women are married and they are here. I would like, the Bible says the men is the head of the home. You already have automatically a priestly anointing because God has called you already the head of the home. So whatever you bless and whatever you speak is very important. And then I would like the children, youth, if you don't mind, don't miss out on this. Please go to your, to your mom or to your parents. So, so I would like the father and the mother to bless the children. And then we close with that. All right. So this is a blessing. You have the opportunity to just wait on the Lord. Lord, what shall I speak? What is the words of life, of comfort, of encouragement I can bless this person with and bless that person now. Let's do that. So, um, Kevin, you have for us that song to play now. So let's stand to our feet. Let the men stand with their wives and um, let's speak just that moment a blessing over one another. All right. And the women go to the women and if the men are single here, go to another man if the men are single. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Let's just do that for a moment. One body, one Lord of all, one cup of blessing. I'll just close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that he said, I've done the will of God. And thank you, Lord, that you, I think, are, are so worthy that we are called royalty. And thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit wants to dwell within us and that you want to use us, Lord, for your kingdom. We ask now, Lord, Holy Spirit, come as we worship you, receive our praises. And come, Lord, let your name be glorified, Lord. May my life be a glory and honor to your, to your name. Amen. Amen.